Today we have great readings, I think so anyway. I want to start with the one from Ephesians. It's Ephesians if you have your Bibles. And where is it at? Oh, chapter 2, verse 13 and following. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 and following. It says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near through the blood of Christ. It is he who is our peace, who made the two of us one by breaking down the barrier of hostility that keep us, kept us apart. Now, I want you to look at what, this is what sin is. Sin always divides, huh? by definition. You know, before the fall, before Adam and Eve fell, they were one with God, one with themselves, one with nature, and one with others. When they sinned, they became divided against God, against self, against one another, and against nature. And so what happens is, this is what we're born into, that sin. We go to the first reading from Jeremiah. We talk about the, the sin of the priests who were leading only themselves and could have cared less about the people. And what did that do? It hurt the people. It hurt themselves. It brought division. And we see the effects of sin always brings division. Always. From self, from others, from nature, and from God. Well, what happens is all the way back in Jeremiah, God says, I myself will gather them. He will be their shepherd. And that's why if we go on here, it says again, we have been brought near through the blood of Christ. Verse 15, or 14, it is he who is our peace, and who made the two of us one by breaking down the barrier of hostility and kept us apart. Sin. In his own flesh, he abolished the law with its commands and precepts to create in himself one new man from us who had been two to give us peace, reconciling both of us to God in one body through his cross, which put that empty sin to death. He came and announced the good news of peace. So Jesus comes to bring unity again. So we become fully one with ourselves, one with others, one with God, and one with nature. That's the purpose of Christ. So i got to look at my life, and i got to think, what in my life is still divided? What in my life is not at wholeness with God? And we got to let him come and shepherd us, first of all. huh? We must let Christ be our shepherd. And when he is our shepherd, if you go back to Jeremiah... Jeremiah chapter 23, he says in verse 3, chapter 23, verse 3, I myself will gather the remnant of my flock from all the lands to which I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their meadow. So again, what Jesus wants to do is bring wholeness to us. And so sometimes we don't want wholeness, do we? You know, sometimes we like being divided. You know, it's just because we, you know, the devil we know is better than the devil we don't know, some people would say. But God says, I want you to be whole. You know, that's what he comes to. Now, first of all, we have to let Christ do that for us, that we have peace inside our hearts, huh? It's very important, you know, again, as I was uh, this past week, in his will is our peace, as in his will is our peace, in his will is our peace. We all need to have peace of heart. If we don't have peace in our hearts, there's something wrong. That's the gift of God to us. If we don't have peace, we're either in sin, which needs to be confessed, 
or we need to do his will because we're outside of his will. It's that simple. So first, you and I got to really, and don't sit there and play this charismatic game with me that, oh, Jesus, the Lord is my strength. Be good. Be still. In your heart of hearts, you have peace. True peace. Some people proclaim it great. Some people give a good act. But in your heart of hearts, you have peace. And if not, Jesus says, I myself will shepherd you. I myself will gather all the unpeace in your heart, and I will gather it, and I will make you whole. But you've got to let him. Huh? You've got to let him be your shepherd and bring you in oneness. You've got to give him permission. You know, Lord, I give you permission to have your way with me. Now, that's the first part. Now, the second part we need to do is, you know, if you listen to the first reading and you sat there and thought, hmm, yeah, those priests. You're sitting there saying, yeah, that Father Larry, or yeah, that priest on it, so-and-so. And it was real easy for that passage, huh, to sit there and think about me or think about priests or think about the church. But, as we've talked about before, who share in the priestly power of Christ? Everybody who is baptized. Every one of you are a priest in your own right you are baptized we talked about that last week you are a priest so when it sits there and says those priests he's talking about all of us have i truly been a priest now a priest is one who we talked about before who offers praise and who offers sacrifice praise a sacrifice of praise and who intercedes for others each of us are called to be priests to our families, especially if you're a father, you are truly the priest of that house, by definition. You are the priest to the family. But each of us are called to be priests to people we work, to our friends. We're all called to carry out that priestly thing. Now, isn't it interesting, if we go to the gospel today, which is in Mark, chapter 6, verse 30, they were all acting in their priesthood, right? All the apostles and disciples were all excited because they went and did all this stuff we heard about it last week. And so they come back and they're all excited and they want to tell Jesus. The apostles returned to Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and what they were taught. Wow, look what we did, Lord, huh? And he says, okay, come here. We need to spend some time by ourselves. Come by yourself to the other way place and rest a while. But it never happened, did it? People were coming and going in great numbers, making it impossible for them so much as to eat. So Jesus and the apostles went off in the boat by themselves to a deserted place. They said, okay, let's get out of here. They're driving us nuts. I can relate sometime. People saw them leaving, and many got to know about it. People from all the towns hastened on foot to that place, that deserted place, arriving there ahead of them. Oh, come on, let's go get a deserted place. And we get to the deserted place, and is it deserted? No. Upon disembarking, Jesus saw a vast crowd. Now, I know I'd be going, oh. And he pitied them, for they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them at great length. But the mark of the shepherd of Christ was a life that was not concerned about self, was always concerned about others. The mark of the priesthood of Christ is a life not concerned about self, 
but always more concerned about others. Huh? He could have sat there when he got at that deserted place that he and his apostles were finally looking forward to, which they deserved. It was time. It was good. They could have got there and says, okay, leave us alone. I get like this sometimes. Leave us alone. I've been doing all this work. Give me five minutes. But he didn't, did he? He pitied them. And so too with us. The life that God gave us is to be a priest to others, to shepherd them, to give away our life. You know, if each of us exercised our priestly ministry, there'd be many people that came to know Christ through us. Again, it's just unbelievable to me that each of us aren't bringing many, many people to Christ Jesus. That's your mission. That isn't an option. That's your call in priesthood to pray for them, to intercede for them, and to bring them to Christ. What did he do when he saw them? He taught them. That again, to offer our priesthood and exercise our priesthood, we need to be people who are teaching others about Jesus Christ, teaching others about the good news. You know, each of us are not just Christians or followers of Christ to put our time in and say, hey, Lord God, please bless me and bless my family and make sure everything goes right and bring me to heaven someday. That's only part of the priesthood of Christ. We're not into this, I hope, to see what we can get out of it. We're followers of Christ to bring other people to knowledge of Him. And then they bring other people. You know, one of the greatest things in my life is when I can sit there, like especially when I was at Barron or different things, you know, prepping, when I can see someone who the Lord used me to bring them to Christ, that's very good. But that's the only, if that's it, that's kind of a failure. It's when they start bringing people to Christ. That's when you know it clicked. We don't just come to Christ for us. We come to Christ for the world. So now that I'm in there, now I've got to bring others, huh? And so that's truly to know if you're exercising your priesthood in Christ. Are you being a shepherd and a priest to other people? And if not, maybe because you haven't let Christ be your shepherd and your priest to you first. He wants to heal you. He wants to make you one. He wants to give you wholeness and peace so you can go out and create that and bring that to other people. So I want you to really reflect today as each of us come before the Lord. How is my evangelization? Am I teaching people Christ? Am I, and, and please, teaching people Christ. Not me, not teaching them my views, not teaching them my way of life, teaching them the gospel, the good news. Jesus Christ everybody that's each of your call so this week I want you to work on it think of at least one person that you know that doesn't know Christ and you start praying for them then slowly start teaching them and if you're not one that can do it with your words uh, do it by your example you know again the famous line the only gospel some people will ever read is your life is your life is my life preaching the good news of Jesus Christ? Am I acting as a priest? Am I acting as a true shepherd to my family, to my friends, to the people I work with? You got it? You get it? Good. May each of you know his love today and forever. Amen.